Hi, welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions. This is episode 95, Year Planning and Manifestation for 2020. Uh, I'm Catherine Bird, and I'm here with my Shaman Sister, Michelle Hawk. And we are excited to be stepping into 2020 full force and to uh, kind of talk about from more of the energetic perspective, uh, spiritual perspective of how do you create your calendar, set your goals, uh, work on your manifestation, work on what you're calling in, uh, not just from like, okay, here, I just want something and let's want the thing, but uh, kind of taking into uh, accounts all of the, a little bit more information energetically so that you can understand the processes that you're going through to set yourself up for success. Hi, yeah. Michelle. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm just having a moment of thinking of how many things out there uh, exist around, um, you know, setting goals and intentions and everything for the new year and how much of it actually works, like genuine curiosity. And, and people, if you want to kind of type in or chat in um, on the comments, I'd be really curious, uh, what percentage would you say of success do you have with following the plans and the goals and whatever that you actually set for the new year? And, um, and I say this, you know, with, with a good sense of humor and with a, a degree of tongue in cheekness and also myself having been in a whole lot of year planning things that I don't actually think are super effective. So, um, so here we are to, uh, to debunk a little bit of that and to give you from our perspective, from the shamanic perspective and understanding how energy actually works, what might be some really helpful things that you can keep in mind for the year ahead. In case you missed it, we, uh, we had our most recent episode looking at review and, um, and reflection from 2019 and some forecasting into energetic frequencies around 2020. So that might be useful if you haven't seen or listened to that yet to start with that one and then proceed with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know that for myself, and maybe you're this person, uh, I'm like the person who's like, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't bother me with that bullshit. Like, I don't even want to deal with it. I don't want to go to the goal setting seminar. I don't want to, you know, sit down and like the calendaring thing has been as far as, uh, you know, my business has gone, I mean, it is a game changer to really get on your calendar, people, but it's definitely not my go-to strong suit of how I engage with reality is like, okay, let me, let me, let me plan everything out from just a very logistical place. Uh, because when I do that, I often find that I'm not taking into account myself my energy, my needs, my desires for my life. And then I end up creating something that wears me out, runs me down, isn't sustainable. I don't follow and I have to uh, make up more as I go along. Uh, I get sort of caught up in a lot of shoulds or a lot of, oh my God, I'm not doing things right. And then I sort of sabotage myself or run myself aground and uh, end up going in some completely opposite direction for some reason or whatever that is. So that's, I'll just tell you, that's me. That's where I'm coming from when it comes to a lot of the kind of typical business goal setting plan making for the year. So my 
my tendency is not to actually engage with those things because I haven't seen them be super uh, effective for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ideally, there's a happy medium. And this is, I think, what we're kind of coming to today to look at, you know, there are some techniques that exist in the, the business realm. And, and Catherine and I are both sharing this uh, t- from the perspective of uh, professionals in, in the healing world, but please also know that everything that we're talking about today applies even if you don't have your own business. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, but just looking at your own, um, you know, your own travel plans or your own, how you want to be spending your time and energy or, or where you're, you're wanting to allocate, all of this still applies. Um, and it applies extra if you do have your own business or if you're looking in, uh, to shift in that direction. I, I would say um, I've definitely over the years, again, most of what I have participated in from the, the goal setting planning perspective, I've, I've be, always been a little bit skeptical of it, but I've definitely tried a handful of things and I've launched like full on into some of them in order to, again, find out with trial and error what actually works for me personally and what do I think is just kind of a load of horseshit anyway. And, uh, and so again, with this happy medium, like there's something to be said for, um, for looking at, at the year. And then in fact, I, I tend to look at since my course, my alchemy course is a year long and it starts in March. I actually am doing my calendaring all the way through, um, through like March, April of 2021 at this point. And, um, you know, not to say that again, it's not a hard and fast schedule in some regards, but there are some things like retreat dates or like, um, you know, certain travel plans that you kind of have to have in advance. And it's really helpful when that's the case to be, um, especially for something like a, a year long course, I'm needing to have that. So again, there's the balance of what is sort of the non-negotiable planning and intention setting. And what is there a lot more that, that then sets a structure that allows you to have more freedom in these other aspects and freedom to engage with how energy actually works, how it's moving through your, your field and your body personally, your own personal cycles of power. So we're going to give you some of our favorite tools and practices to set you up ideally for best possible success. Um, what I would hate to have happen and what I've, I've seen happen in myself and in other people is it's so easy. We, we tend to assume that our future selves will have it more together or have more tools or have more, um, more money or more time than our current selves. Like we, we have the like positive future bias, right? Where we're saying, okay, in, um, you know, in, June, by June of 2020, I will have increased my income and I will have, um, you know, gone down to four days working for a four day work week. And I will have um, already bought my tickets to travel to Paris or whatever the deal is. And by the time we get to June, and if we haven't done those things, then it ends up being sort of a a disappointment and a, um, you know, kind of like we failed ourselves thing that, um, you know, maybe you've experienced that, maybe you haven't, that's been what I, the experience that I've witnessed in other people. And it's sort of this defeatist thing. So what I would rather have happen for you is that we align. I want to like triple underline that word. We align with our own natural cycles of energy in order to, um, to ride the ups and be present with the downs to have this kind of natural flow throughout the year rather than setting this ridiculous expectation of I'm going to change my life from the ground up. That might happen, but if it doesn't happen in the way that you're expecting or wanting, then how's that going to impact your, your worldview and well-being? 
Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, as healers or, you know, whatever you're doing, if you're in some sort of service, right, you're an entrepreneur. And the, the mistake that a lot of people make when they're moving into entrepreneurship, or even if they've been in, in it for a while, is this sort of idea that, uh, <laughs> that everything's going to be consistent. <laughs> like, that's, you just throw that one out the window, right? Like, hopefully, you're going to have the sort of a minimum that you're working with every month or whatever that you have income. But oftentimes, that's just not the way it is. And especially if you're doing something like running a big program or, you know, you have a couple of big retreats a year or something like that, you're, you're, your highest income months are maybe going to be spaced out over the year. And then you're going to have some months where you have an exponential expenditures because you're booking your retreat center, hiring your chefs or uh, whatever the thing, you know, doing traveling to someplace. And so, or maybe you're, you're, um, you're in a program and you're, you know that you have so much money going out every month for the program, but then, oh my gosh, there's the retreat that's happening. And, oh, I totally forgot to put money aside for the travel and the lodging and the food for the retreat. And then you're shocked and uh, don't know what to do. So one of the pieces is to really look at it as, as a whole of, okay, so here's the main things that I'm working with, however you work. So maybe you only have one-on-one -on -one clients and you only see people you do an hour long and this is what you get and it's, it's all coming from the same place. So maybe it feels a little bit more sustainable in that way in that it's, it's all one thing, right? But maybe you have multiple streams of income where you have stuff coming in and it's going to be different at different times and to a lot for that. And I know that for myself, I definitely have had those moments where I'm like, ah, 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 I'm not making any money this month, what, uh, and it's like, wait, hold up, like, you're not actually selling anything, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is the month that you know that you are going to actually make a little bit less money because you're taking a lot of time off this month, and uh, you know that last month you did really well or you planned so that there would be more of a chunk of money coming in. And so there's that, that part of us that's still, you know, maybe wounded part or the part that gets scared or the part that engages with sort of a lack or a sort of mentality where when something doesn't equal what we think it should, then we freak out. And then we sort of shut ourselves down from being the offering that we are and being uh, creative in what we're doing and being like, oh, well, I could just put this thing out and then I could make some more money. But we, we kind of shut down our own energy by letting ourselves get super fearful and upset and freaked out when sometimes we're in the natural cycle that we even created. So knowing your own cycle is really helpful so that when those moments happen, you can go, oh yeah, right. I, I took this into account and I planned it this way. So I knew that this was coming. I knew I was going to have this extra expense during this month and I knew this was happening. So, okay, calm my nervous system. Everything's fine. Everything's coming as it should, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, yeah, there's a lot to be said for what Kat's talking about merely in terms of, um, you know, knowing how money, I think money is easily 
the biggest factors involved in creating stress and, and short-circuiting our nervous system. So money and time, really looking at, at your resources, money, time, energy, attention, um, these are all your resources and allocating them based on what you can predict, what you have access to um, in terms of, and we've done a, a handful of episodes actually in, I think it was like last fall, um, fall of 2018. So go ahead and circle back. We had um, some spiritual entrepreneurship episodes and uh, episodes about money. So if you're curious about some of those, then go ahead and, and circle back. There's tools there. Uh, I would say one of the first places to start is to look at your own rhythms in the year. So for example, if you know that you're someone who likes to take um, you know, December off, for example, or, or December, January, you like to work less because in the Northern Hemisphere, we're, uh, we're in midwinter time, then maybe it's a really good idea to uh, kind of block that off in your calendar, either take actual time off or just guarantee, like maybe I'll work with a few existing clients, but I don't want to be in sales mode during that time. Right. That's that's me. I know a few years ago I was I was definitely on the phone crying with Michelle of don't let me ever do sales in December ever again. Mm -hmm. I was so stressed out because I had decided to start a program at the very beginning of January and I was like, all I want to do is sleep and rest and meditate and like be alone. I don't want to need to talk to people. I don't want to do sales calls. Mm -hmm. So um, that's definitely me. I'm like, for sure. And then Michelle, I know you take, you take time off in the summer, uh, usually in August, right? Yeah, I tend to, and so I know my, um, I, I look at when am I most available, right? Like when do I have the most energy that I can put toward uh, my clients, toward my business, toward, and within the business, right? Like we're looking at a couple of different things. We have sales and deliverables and then business development, right? So if we're looking at kind of these three categories of, they each require a very different energy. So deliverables, you know, what, what are you delivering? Essentially, once someone becomes a client, once they're paying you, doing a session for them. That's one hat, right? That's the practitioner hat. We have the sales hat. Okay, so bringing someone into your business, that requires a different energy. It's wearing a different hat. It's a different part of your brain. It's a different version of yourself. And then we also have, you know, the, the business development. And of course there could be, you know, more hats than that, but like, what is it like to you know, do your accounting and do your, whatever your media or your writing, right? Or maybe that's a different hat, your creativity. And so it is most efficient for us if we can know when are we most available for these different aspects of what is being required of us um, versus when are we most available for uh, taking time off or, or our energy is most expanded when it comes to rest or when it comes to play? So I know for myself, I really like in um, usually like July, August, I like to take as, as much time as possible to be outside, to go camping, to travel, to, um, you know, to enjoy the weather, to, uh, to be paddle boarding. I tend to like to have um, in those months, my focus for what I'm available for is primarily on deliverables, meaning I'm not necessarily taking on new clients. My focus is on serving my existing clients and then maybe on some of the creative stuff, but I'm not necessarily doing a lot of the sales or the, the business development 
because that's my energy is going toward um, toward pleasure and fun and outdoors and friends and and enjoying the the life stuff, right? And so in in the summer, that's where my energy shifts, and in the winter. Um, similar to Kat, I mean, I uh, I am doing the Alchemy Project right now, so I do have some energy going into the the sales aspect. But it's um, I'm doing it at, in a such a pace where I'm only taking a couple of calls a day. Like Max, I'll have kind of four sessions in a day, and that's a little high for this time of year for me. But whatever, it's okay. And I know that um, I'm also doing it a way that's not blowing out my system, and which I have done before. So I learned from the wisdom of experience not to have back-to-back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back -to -back sessions and blow out my system, particularly in midwinter. And, uh, and so at this time of year, my energy is, is really high on the writing front. I've been doing a lot of writing and the creating. I'm also doing visioning and, and some of the business development. Um, I'm still delivering for... Um, for my current clients and I'm also doing some sales, but it's, it's in a very kind of measured way that's giving space for a lot of sleep and a lot of being quiet and then personal energy. I have a lot more to give for all of these in the spring and fall. So that's usually when you'll see me doing more of the promotional stuff and more putting, putting myself out in a bigger way because there, there's these sort of liminal spaces, right? If we look at the cycle of energy throughout the year where winter is the low point and summer is the high point, this spring, fall, it feels to me and in my personal cycle, there's a lot more that I have available to be, to be giving and to be offering and to switch more easily between the different hats. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to look at it from, uh, you know, the Chinese elements perspective. And in the winter, we're in, we're in this like cold and wet uh, season. And we're looking at that being connected to the kidneys and which is like, be dark, be still, be quiet. Uh, rejuvenate yourself, nurture yourself, and, you know, let yourself be in stillness a lot more. And then in spring is the wood and, and little sprouts growing. So spring for me is a perfect time of, okay, well, like, what's, what's the next thing? What's the new thing? What, what, am I, what am I creating now? And then in the summer, I often feel like, okay, yeah, I can really, this summer I produced my five elements for impasse course, and I, it was... I did so much. I worked so hard this summer on that and on some on my book, and I was just really uh, able to move a lot of energy. I was because I was also getting to do my practice outside every day because it was nice and warm, and I was being in the sun and getting that energy and uh, having longer days, right? It's like right now the sun just went down, it's five o'clock and you know, it, that's, that's a different energy. So you at seven o'clock, you're like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not feeling like writing or whatever. Whereas in the summer I might be like, Oh my gosh, it's nine o'clock and I am still working because I'm just, I have a lot more oomph. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we move into the, uh, sort of late summer, the the earth element, and uh, looking at, uh, and this the summer is the fire element, and then looking at the earth element is the time to start looking at, okay, well, what am I, what am I harvesting, and what am I collecting, and what am I bringing in, and generally that's another time when I have something else that's sort of like, okay, here's here's something else that I'm going to be collecting from, and then moving into the kind of fall is 
a little bit of letting go and releasing and being in the metal element and coming and cooling down and finding that slowing down point and reflecting on what has been working and maybe what hasn't been working. And uh, for me, doing deliverables and delivering on, on the year and completing some stuff usually. So you can look at uh, the seasonally, like where you are seasonally and what's going to work for you seasonally so that you're not forcing yourself into something that isn't going to feel good for you in the future. Because like, why? Why make yourself do things that you don't actually want to do at a time of year when you don't really want to do them when you could make a different choice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of that we're, we're sharing with you and Kat and I have some overlap in our personal cycles of energy and some different, right? Um, but we know that by virtue of experience. And really, there's no shortcut for that. That's really the only way to determine what is your most natural cycle of energy throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I encourage you to look at, okay, what worked for you in 2019? What was your energy like in 2019? What was your energy like in 2018 even? And looking mm-hmm. at where did you have success in how you were allocating your energy? What felt really most aligned to you so you can set yourself up for that same success and even more fine-tuned success in 2020 and years to come? Yeah, so- I would look at, I would do just a whole audit of like month to month and what were you doing? What were you offering? What were you selling? What were you delivering? What was working? What wasn't? What were you maybe taking a course? Sometimes, uh, I know a lot of times for some people, uh, there's a tendency to actually to do a course with someone and it's like that is not the time they need to be doing that course It like does not actually fit their life and also, you know uh, If you're a mom, there are some real cycles of energy that you've got to To work with because of when your kids are in school and when they're not and when you have time for those things and when you don't uh, So set yourself up for for success there uh, my my dear friend Carolina who I did a retreat with this summer in Sweden She's like, you don't do anything until April, and then only you get this very small window in spring, and then you get a very small window in the fall, because in the winter, it's the winter. It's dark, it's cold, people are doing that. In the summer, they're so excited that it's not dark and cold, they're doing that. So if you want to have a successful retreat or whatever, you have this little window in the spring and this little window in the fall, and she's been in business for 20-something years, so she's really gotten a handle on when things work for her. And so, you know, she's in Sweden. So maybe you're in Hawaii. It doesn't matter, right? People want to come to you in February. So they want you to do your retreat in February because they want to get out of, you know, Vancouver, Canada. My friend who's in Vancouver, Canada is like, okay, where can we go in February? Where can I take my people, my clients on a trip and go someplace else in February? So it's, it really depends on where you're at. And in the world too of what your climate is. I know when I was in Portland, it was also really important to me to take that time off in August because August in Oregon is like heaven on on earth. And if you miss it, you're bummed. So, 
you've spent all the months in the rain and the dreariness for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's, that's funny. That was one of my thoughts in going to England for most of August this year. I was having that like, ah, shit, I'm missing the best part of, of the Portland year. But, you know, to be fair, it was also like the best part of the English year. So I was, uh, I definitely had some nice weather while I was there. But yeah, and looking at, again, we're, naming a few different aspects. So not only the temporal aspect of how, how is, is your personal year, what, what are your personal cycles of power, also the geographical implications, right? So for Carolina being in Sweden, having a very different experience potentially from someone in Hawaii or in Southern California. Um, and there's another aspect to look at this, again, with, with your own personal rhythms, your own personal cycles of power. Uh, there is one thing, and, and this is kind of a, a little teaser I want to put in here for a way to calculate your personal planetary influences throughout the year that we do in my alchemy course. I'm not going to say more about that now, but in case you're curious, Kat knows what I'm talking about with calculating the, um, the planetary the planetary rulership for your personal year. So if that's something you're interested in, it's for my alchemy students only. You can apply for the course if you like. Uh, and, yeah. I like, I, I like how you put that one in there. <laughs> it's like, and it's going to be different for everybody. You won't know what it is until you, you come to alchemy math. Right. Um, so, so that, you know, having, having an idea of how your energy likes to work throughout the year is, is one really strong component. Also looking at how, um, are we ready to shift gears? Do you have any? Yeah, else? yeah, I think yeah. we're good. Let's, let's move into how we're creating and energy and manifestation and all those pieces. Right. Yeah. So, so this kind of comes into, well, how does energy actually work? Like what, so we have, and there's all sorts of different types of goals, right? Like there are smart goals, um, specific measurable. Oh God. What are, do you know what this is? People, people probably know what this is. There, it's an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. Um, so specific goals, measurable, something, something, something. Can, that tells you how much I was paying attention to this. <laughs> Clearly that worked for me. Just kidding. Uh, but, but it's a really popular thing, right? Or having uh, a, like time-based, I think is the T. Um, there's all sorts of different strategies, but... I can pretty much guarantee you that those people who are uh, who are teaching that you know that works for certain types of people that works for people who need that type of structure. It doesn't necessarily work if you're an intuitive person who's in touch with the rhythms of of their own lives and their own bodies and and with the planet, right? So again, having this um, this understanding is going to go a long way, and actually knowing how energy works through its own cycle of manifestation is also going to go a long way for you in setting yourself up for success. So let's talk, Kat, about, um, do you want to give people like a mini download on how, how they can best set themselves up for success in working with the natural cycle of energy in manifestation? Uh, so, you know, we have to look at like how things grow, right? And how they're, how, how you go about growing anything. And, it's kind of like your garden, right? Like your, your life is a garden. So you can look at things like, okay, well, if, if I was going to have a garden and I wanted it to be successful, the first thing I would do is actually plan and I would vision and I would think about what would actually work for this garden in this temperature, in this climate, at this you know, place. I would uh, visualize. Which is, which is what we were essentially talking about, right? right? So yeah, so. Right? Right. Do that part. Do the plan. Right. Which is like visualizing then 
not just what the sprout is, but what the full full plant is going to look like, like what it is blooms are going to be, what the colors are, and how those colors fit with the other colors, and is it going to get enough sun if I put it here, and all of these things that are working together, right? Because in a garden, you have many, many different plants that have different purposes and different things that they're doing, and they're all hopefully working in harmony. So you're seeking to find some sort of sense in the overall picture of what you're creating, that it will create harmony in your life. Because if what you're creating is somehow creating uh, a lot more stress and chaos in your life, it is eventually an unsustainable thing. It's like planting uh, really invasive plants and weeds in your garden where you're eventually going to have to dig the stuff up and try to get the roots out that you've spent a lot of time watering to so that other things can grow. So we look at it from the beginning to the end and part of that is that visualization process. And when we talk about manifesting, it's coming from not from, well, I'm sitting here thinking about my empty dirt. I am sitting here thinking about and visualizing and being present with the potential possibility that this land, this sun, the, the rain will offer me. Like what is the greatest potential that I have and being very present with that, being very present with what the end of the cycle is going to look like um, that, of what I'm creating so that it's not just a mismatch of what, you know, whatever happens to float in. Right. And, and to put that into kind of our 3D, I love the picture you're painting, Kat. That's awesome. Um, but to put that into, again, how do we approach that in terms of the year, looking at, if you're looking at your 2020 and saying, you know, in 2020, I would really love to take more time off. I want to travel. I want to, um, I know I want to go, for example, to, um, to Bali and I want to go visit my family back east or whatever it is for you and you're knowing like I really burned myself out in 2019 so I really want 2020 to be about health and taking time for my practice and if that's kind of the vision that you have looking at it and yet all the action pieces that you're putting into place are taking a bajillion appointments and, and selling stuff and selling clients you're not doing there's that mismatch that Kat was talking about of you're not planting your garden in accordance with the, the vision that you'd like to have for the finished product, which is ultimately more free time and more space. So, um, so I would say, I would call, and I want to just give a name to this, like looking at the, the overall big picture and, uh, and seeing the values that are really important to you, the, the qualities with which you'd like to, um, to plant your seeds for the year. And so say, for example, values, and, and in the example I just mentioned, um, travel, family, rest, purpose, right? Like if we're just to pull four out of thin air, then okay, if your your four values that you're you're attributing to your entire year are, are travel, um, family, rest, purpose, right? Three of those are not necessarily business related, right? So how can you weave um, weave that those values into the specific um the, the specific manifestations of how you're spending your time on the day to day, right? So taking like, okay, am I, um, you know, am I doing, am I resting enough? Is my personal practice supporting me and feeling, feeling rested and nourished? Do I feel activated in my purpose? Am I spending time with my family? Am I taking grounded, actionable steps to ensure that I get to travel in the way that I want to? So having this communication, and again, in, um, in our last episode, we talked about one of the ways 
the most important pieces in cultivating your foundation was about having this translation between the etheric, between the energetic realm, and landing that in a 3D embodied context. The same applies in goal planning of looking at what is the vision, the beautiful vision that we have for the garden of our lives. How is that etheric, not yet actualized vision translating into the seeds that we plant, meaning the actions that we're taking on a day-to-day basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that you're using this word values and connecting to your values because sometimes we just, we think, well, I I need to make money. (laughs) I need to run my business, right? And we, we dissociate ourselves from the things that actually matter to us the most. And then from there, we might end up taking actions or hiring a coach or doing something that actually that person or that program or the the systems that you're putting into place aren't in alignment with your real values. And when you think of your values and you make that list of your values of what are you really valuing for this year? What are you valuing right now? Then the next piece is to be present with what those values uh, inspire inside of you in context of how you feel like, okay, so if family taking time off traveling, tune into what the felt sense of that creates inside of you. So maybe that inspires joy. Maybe that inspires uh, peace. Maybe that inspires, you know, something that you can connect to gratitude it connects to something that is you can feel it inside of yourself and you can anchor it inside of your body so that you can remember that it's a felt sense that you are cultivating more of. And then to come from that felt sense, like inspire it within yourself as much as possible. Feel it and then feel it more and then feel it more and then feel it more and then feel it growing inside of you and then feel it radiating out from you And from that place, then start to plan and to look at what are the seeds that are being planted in the garden. Okay, so if if from that feeling sense of self, then we can start to plant. Um, uh, Because wherever you're you're at, that's where you're going. So you want to start from a very empowered, present place with the virtues and the values that you're looking to cultivate. Um, uh, um, one of my main teachers, my teacher, Mayaya, who, who totally was my, my first like spiritual energetic guide. Uh, she was also a gardener and she, she always spoke in terms of the body and that you're gardening, working in the garden of your soul when you're doing energy work and practices. And so she was this amazing gardener and I would go and help her in her garden. And when she would plant seeds, she would put them in her hand and she would mix them with her own saliva and she would pray over them and bless them. And no seed was put into the ground without intention and focus as to what it would create and the bounty and the food and the gratitude and the pleasure. It was, there was no seeds that were just cast about, right? It, they were very, very intentional and very focused. And um, that was so inspiring to me. Uh, I'll just share this. This is so funny. So when I plant seeds, um, I always think, all these seeds are love. All these seeds are love. 
excitement. Uh, and not from a lot of times we create from a place of lack. Oh, I need to make some money or fear. Oh, if I don't do this right, I'm fucked or uh, should. Everybody else is doing their program this way. So it should look like this or my year should like look like that or I should be doing this kind of marketing or I should be doing this kind of sales. And Really, I think that if we are going to evolve as entrepreneurs in spiritual practices, we have to learn to forge our own way and do it from our own values and our own, you know, we talk about all the time, our own integrity of what we're looking to create. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I love, um, I want to come alongside what you're describing and, and offer a different set of language for it. And so in terms of the, um, you know, having this felt sense, so have it connecting with the values, connecting with the, the vision that we're having for our lives for the year, and then translating that into the felt sense of gratitude and joy and pleasure and, and nourishment and abundance and all, all of these things, and then putting it into, into the seeds, right, the metaphorical seeds and, and the actions that we're taking. Uh, that's following the natural cycle of how energy moves, Right, so we can think of, and I have a, a diagram for this in in the alchemy textbook. Right, the looking at energy first moves through the least dense layers. So working on the spiritual etheric planes, working in the um, the light body, working on the on the karmic level, working on the higher self level, and then moves into the slightly more dense layers, which includes uh, includes the the mind, includes the heart. So in the mental emotional realm, here we're looking at. Um, beliefs and thought patterns and uh, and ideas and all of the the identity based consciousness and then moves into the most dense layer meaning the physical plane and which looks like you know the results of manifestation so looks like um, you know all, all the physical implications of making more money or having more free time or um, or feeling healthier or traveling right these are all what I call the symptoms or the, the result the end result of a manifestation process but it's only the very end and yet that's where most people are focusing their energy is on the 3d reality instead my invitation for you and if you're listening to this and you can't see i'm kind of doing a little diagram with my hand here of moving moving <laughs> energy from the um from up here the floaty the least dense layers all the way through until it filters down and finally lands in the earth plane and this is where i think most people um you know and most of the the personal development or the entrepreneurial coaching that you'll receive, they've figured it out by now that, okay, there's something to be said for working within the beliefs and the emotions. So they're, they're about here in, in the mid density stuff, but we know because we know how energy works, right? That there's this soul based component. And we know that working within the realms of karma and within soul contracts and agreements that actually precludes our mental and emotional thought patterns. So my invitation for you is to look at, okay, what needs an audit in terms of your own soul contracts, in terms of your own, um, your soul agreements or your personal karma that you're running or the, um, 
the soul relationships that you have with, with yourself, with spirit, with other people in your lives, with your work, with all of this, and get right with whatever you need to at this level in order to pave the way for energy to naturally percolate down through the, the, um, the lower layers of density, through the mental patterns, through the emotional patterns, through the felt sense, and then land as the, the end result, the symptom, if you will, the 3D version of the manifestation of this soul level stuff. Yeah, and I think that's that's really important and most people don't do that in their planning. If you do, good on you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but you know, looking at like, okay, so for example, let's, um, let's keep rolling with the money one because I know um, Kat and I both have a lot of people who we work with or, and you know, it's, it's a thing in the world, right? There are a lot of people who would like to have more money, right? That's a pretty common thing of, I'd like to have more money. Okay. Well, if that's a thing that's happening in your business and you would like to make more money in your business and you're, you're doing all the affirmations and you're doing the business planning and you've invested in the courses to teach you about money and you're working on your money beliefs, right? All of that is this layer of density. It's that mental, emotional layer of density of like working on your money beliefs, your money stories, your feelings about money. But what is the layer above that? It's the, the karmic contracts with abundance and life force and your soul agreements. Maybe you have a past life poverty contract right? Maybe there's this other very etheric plane stuff that's actually influencing and perhaps inhibiting your ability to work within these middle and lower density energetic planes. So you're having the earthly experience of, um, of lack or of, um, of poverty when in fact it's not really anything about so much that you need to do in this middle layer of money stories and money beliefs, but it's an old unresolved soul contract, for example. Could be a thing. Could be a thing. I've got a class <laughs> on it, actually, and that's something. Um, so this year for, again, we're recording this in um, in late December here, so you're hearing this a little bit after the fact of when we um, were actually having this conversation. But um, for the last several years for the solstice, I have either hosted a, an event or I've taught a class in some capacity on working with the soul contract and, and getting right with your soul contracts in order to have this experience of getting aligned and for the purpose of um, manifesting throughout the year. And I decided this year that I didn't really want to do that. I decided I wanted to have a more um, a more closed, personal solstice experience. So I'm doing some private ritual. Um, but I do have an old class recording that's up in Lightworker Portal. So if you're not yet a member of Lightworker Portal, then you can um, access that through my website, joyofenergy.com, and click join your tribe. And there will be a, an option. It's a free community, and there's all the past class recordings. So you can click on the, I think it's called Winter Solstice, Winter Solstice S-O-U-L, Solstice, Contracts and Agreements. And um, that should walk you through the process of doing an audit on the soul contracts to make sure you're in right relation with that. Cool. That's yeah. great, Michelle. Yeah. What else? What else around manifestation and planning? What other tools can we offer people? Um, I've heard a lot of ground so far. Yeah, that's a lot already. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, also something that I see with clients is sort of this, well, I, I need, there's a lot of like, well, I, I, I need to make money, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, well, if I need to make money, then I need to, you know, figure out this program that 
kind of looks like what my coach is doing or, or something like that instead of, instead of looking at like what's really lighting you up and what you want to create. And so I keep coming back to that, you know, for myself and for, for you. Um, I think that, that creation from joy, expansion, possibility, creativity is, uh, is really important. Um, that it, it really needs to light you up in some sort of way. And it takes a little while for you to figure out what your exact jam is. Uh, you know, you might love teaching courses. You might not like teaching courses. It might not be your thing. You might love working one-on-one. I definitely heard you say horses. You horses. Might like horses. You yeah. might like teaching horses. You oh, might yeah. like teaching horses, and that might be your thing. Yeah. So go teach some horses. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that also it's really valuable to just get out and do what you do and share and be, you know, be out there creating. Um, even if you feel like, oh, well, I am, you know, I'm not making – $10,000 on this program yet, uh, uh, put it out there and see what, see what lands, see what you learn from, from being in the experience of it. And so I see so often, especially with young practitioners, that they have this sort of like ideal that they need to be making, they need to be making $10,000 a month and they need to be making this much per session and they need to be pulling in this amount of money. And then if they go below that or they're not quite there or they're not really getting the people yet, then it sort of deflates them completely and they almost just completely give up and they don't want to move forward and they don't put things out and they get really like sullen and, uh, you know, you kind of nobody loves me Eeyore and uh, instead of being like I'm just going to be an offering I'm in process of growing and expanding and creating connections and bringing people in and the more that I do that the more people are going to you know be aware of me and the more people are going to you know tune into what I'm up to uh, and so I, I think that one of the pieces is really around comparison, and this has been coming up a lot in my private sessions recently, uh, especially around the holidays because we are there's a lot of comparison and judgment going around everywhere, but especially in the holidays and with family and so on, there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of like comparing lives and and feeling like, well, I'm on this very spiritual path, but I'm not making $125,000 a year working in a cubicle, so my family doesn't actually respect me. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of comparison, judgment, and shame going on. Uh, and if you've been, you know, letting yourself be a victim of this, uh, of the these energies, just to remember these are the tools of the devil, and that they will take you down every time. Mm -hmm. And if you can stop, just stop. Stop comparing yourself to other practitioners. Stop comparing yourself to other uh, entrepreneurs. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Stop judging yourself. Stop shaming yourself because you haven't gotten it all figured out yet. And keep moving forward, coming from that place of joy, expression, expansion, creativity. What am I, what do I want to do? And commitment and dedicated action. Like keep taking actions forward. Uh, I see a lot of people who they have this big idea of what they're going to be and then it doesn't manifest instantaneously the next month and then they're just completely taken out. 
And sometimes this stuff, it, it takes years. It takes, it takes a while to really find your footing, to understand who you are, to understand your, uh, the way that you like to work, what you want to do, what you want to create, and to actually do it, create it, build it, and sell it, and understand all of the dynamics involved so that you can create something that actually really sustains you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of pieces there, right? And I know, again, we're, we're both speaking from the entrepreneurial perspective and, and looking at what we hear from people who are spiritual practitioners and entrepreneurs. And then I also invite you to take the long view beyond this year, right? You know, so again, we're looking at 2020, yes, planning for the year, but also, um, you know, again, kind of circling back to 2019, for example, one of the um, the main signatures of my 2019 was activation and um, and uh, moving through initiation cycles. So as I was present with these energies that were moving through in a big way, both you know with my trip to England and then with other aspects of life stuff and energy and and um, you know further initiations into personal power and personal practice, that I had a lot of energy going there. So even though from the the business perspective, it looked like my business didn't really grow from 2018 to 2019. Like I, I made a very similar amount of money. I had kind of a similar, um, you know, similar pattern of what was happening between from 2018 to 2019. My growth was in other areas. My growth was in, um, in personal practice and personal power and, and, and trust and, and mastery. And so I know that my 2020 is, is going to show growth in a different way, but I also want to invite you into, to that knowledge of remember going back to the whole values thing. Like it's really easy again, like Kat's talking about comparison and it's easy to even play that game with ourselves. Right. So I, I did have a moment when I was looking at my finances from 2018 to 2019, sort, sort of this like, ah, fuck moment of like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I feel like I worked so much harder and I didn't make any more money. Oh, my God. Um, but looking at my payoff was elsewhere and for for 2019. And I know that same thing moving forward in 2020, my my allocation of energy is going to be different because I'm playing the long game, because I'm in the long view, not only in terms of, um, okay, for this year, what is my focus for this year? But what is, what are the skill sets? What are the relationships? What are the, um, the health aspects? What are the the ways that I want to spend my time that I'm planning to cultivate over, over the next decade, right? Over the next, the whole course of my life and moving it, you know, it's, it's really helpful to zoom out, I think, mm-hmm. because it's, it's so easy to get sucked into, and I know plenty of people like this, right, like, I know, um, you know, being in, in really close connection with a lot of people who are so obsessed with just the business aspect, and so narrow-minded on, on, maybe it's not business, maybe it's something else that you're really narrow-minded on, to the extent that they neglect to nurture these other areas and kind of take for granted these other areas of their lives and then look around and say, well, my relationship's not in a great spot. My health's not in a great spot because I've been focusing exclusive on, exclusively on this other thing. So that's my other piece of advice to you is please, again, like look at the overall holistic picture of values and know that just because something's in a good spot for right now doesn't mean you shouldn't focus on it. So please do continue to nurture the areas of your life that are healthy and are thriving uh, if you want them to stay that way. 
And mm-hmm. I think that's something that can also really easily fall through the cracks. We tend to focus our goal-oriented energy and our planning-oriented right. energy on growth. Please also plan. I, I'm all over the place with my talking here, but I'm having all these ideas while we're talking. Um, plan for rest and plan for space and yeah. solitude and recovery and rejuvenation. Because yeah. if you don't plan for it, it's not going to happen unless it unless, again, spirit rips off the band-aid and kicks you in the ass. Yeah, you have to plan. So make sure that when you've got your 2020 calendar out, you're actually putting in days, weeks that you are taking off, that you're giving yourself space, that you're not, uh, I'm taking some time off to go see my mom. No, that's not rest. I'm taking some time off to go to a cabin in the woods and be alone for After a week. After you see your mom. Right. So, or before, like one of those, one of in there somewhere. Right. Yeah. And, and what you, and also in that larger zoomed out scale, you know, what do you actually want to create long-term is really also Michelle was saying this like long-term, what do you want? What do you vision for yourself? What do you want to create? I know, uh, uh, several years ago I was like, I'm really tired of being so up and down and not knowing what my plan is for the year and not knowing what I'm doing and not knowing what I'm creating. And that made me feel really unsettled. And so I decided that what I really wanted was to create a core group of programs that I would run every year and that I could bring people in and I could do personal coachings and I could have retreats and that that would be like these core offerings that I could continue to work with and I could develop and expand and grow with. And, uh, you know, it's taken me years to develop those, but right now, right, I have Open Your Channel is going to start in February, and then I'll have Five Elements for Empaths, and then Healer's Process, and I'll probably, you know, if I if I catch wind of, of an exciting idea, I'll probably create something new this year, maybe, but it's like I have those core elements of what I have to offer, and then that way... I can plan my year with a little more ease because at least I know what I'm doing instead of looking at this blank calendar and being like, uh, what am I doing? I have no idea. And I get to teach and create and connect with people on stuff that I really love and that I've loved producing and I love creating and I love connecting about again. Mm-hmm. So that's what works for me. That might not work for you, but that's what I really needed in order to anchor myself. Yeah. And that does come from having that, that longer term view of, um, you know, what is the, and, and I think I've, I've said this in other episodes in perhaps different words, but how are you investing in your longevity as a practitioner? And maybe if you're not a practitioner, how are you investing again, your resources of time and energy and money and attention? How are you investing in yourself in your human life beyond the scope of this year beyond the scope of 2020 and if you're you know looking at where are you focused on growth knowing that again right at the beginning of this episode we talked about moving energy through the cycle of the year through the cycles of expansion and contraction knowing that you need to build in time for contraction otherwise it's going to happen whether you like it or not perhaps at a very inconvenient time and the more that you can plan for that again within the year the more you can extrapolate that out beyond the course of this year and know that unexpected things are always going to happen and ideally, when, when those unexpected things happen, you know, whether it's a health crisis or, um, or something happens in, um, you know, a financial crisis or a family crisis or, or whatever it is or a home crisis and crises happen and it's the more resourced we can be when that 
comes, you know, the, the more cultivation that we can have in terms of, you know, our nervous systems aren't fried. We're not um, on such a rigid schedule that the idea of taking a day off would, would throw out our entire plans for the year. Or, um, you know, we know that we, we built community connections that can sustain us through times of, of hardship, right? The more holistic and the more grounded and the more resourced we are, the more able we'll be able to be present when something happens eventually right again it's like in in our last episode i was talking about we we hope for the best case scenario we plan for um you know ideally we have some some flexibility in place for if there's a, a less than best case scenario but also knowing that we're investing in our long-term health and well-being and if you're not planning for it it's going to kick your ass and that's not coming from me that's like an inevitability in terms of how energy works so um so i hope this has been helpful i know we've given you a lot of tools if i could leave you with just one more thing um you know, I, I really want to underscore the importance of giving yourself a break and planning for rest and planning for um, planning for the contraction, planning to nurture yourself as a holistic being, I think is one of the most important aspects for um, for being in right relation with how energy wants to move through you in your life. And there's a lot, pretty much every other goal thing that you'll look at is essentially how can you plan for growth and, and big, big changes and big moves and know that that takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of life force. So the more you can devote to yourself and, and really support yourself, the better off you'll be and the more easily you'll be able to make the, the growths and the, the changes and the transformations that you desire. Yeah. Kat, any last words of wisdom or show? No? No, I'm good. <laughs> so you, you're going to give the download on what you have going on in 2020. So open your channel, which is Open amazing. your channel. Starts in February. Retreats in April. Uh, five Elements or Impasse, which will be more summertime. And uh, that will be um, Qigong and emotional alchemy and uh, working with energy and understanding Chinese medical uh perspective on working with your emotions and then healers process will happen in the fall and the healers process book will come out in 2020 and uh yeah those are the main things and then um and you know if you see me uh offering something new snatch it up right away because it's always the super cheapest that it will ever be <laughs> mm -hmm. yes and all of cat's work is amazing <laughs> in case you haven't ever experienced her practice or her work before. Uh, and I will be there for the Open Your Channel retreat in April. So you'll get uh, the both of the shaman sisters as um, Kat as your main facilitator and me there to kind of help ground in the energies. That's um, a super fun job for, for me for this particular retreat. And I say that in, in all honesty, it's super fun. And uh, for me in 2020, the big thing that I have that you can step into if it's aligned is I Am Alchemy, which begins in March. This is the third year that I'm teaching this course. I'm so excited. It's so much fun. Um, and and yeah, well, we're about three quarters of the way through my second cohort. So uh, there's two years of people who have gone before you and, and plenty of people to vouch for how much fun it is, how awesome it is. If you're interested in that, you can go to my website, joyofenergy.com, and click on the pink button that says Alchemy Apprenticeship and submit your application. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be um, second or third 
third week, third week of January, I think. So um, you'll want to get on it as soon as possible because uh, at this point in December, there are already people have been taking applications and taking interviews with people. So you'll want to make sure you reserve your spot ASAP if that's something that is calling to you. So my invitation for you, again, I am Alchemy, and then of course there's always the option to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, those are my big, uh, or the Alchemy work is my big project for 2020, and then I do have some other stuff that is currently um, under the radar, but let's say um, for, for 2021, there's going to be some new stuff coming out that I'm already in the works and planning on. But if you want, uh, if you want to know more about that, make sure you reach out to me. You can always uh, shoot me an email and see, Hey, Michelle, how can I plan? Uh, how can, and Hey, this is something I'd love to support you in. If you're looking for planning out that far where you want to invest in your own growth and your own practice, then shoot me an email. Cause I got some really good stuff coming up in the next couple of years. And again, taking the long view here, people. So I hope that was really helpful. We gave you a lot of tools and practices. There's a lot of different things that you can do in conjunction with whatever else you might be doing. You might be doing some of the goal setting stuff that we were sort of poo-pooing a little bit earlier. But if so, that's <laughs> Whatever you're doing, it's amazing. Keep doing it. You're incredible. It's great. And we love you. And we want you to have all the tools and all the practices, whatever you need to, to truly support you. But please know that um, you know we're we're offering you the best of what we've got to what we've got to give from all of our years of wisdom and experience. And no matter what happens, you've got this. It's going to be great. Okay. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>